have uh, Tim Shane, a fellow member of uh, DFW SEM board and, uh, and BBB. Um, yeah, take it away. Awesome. Well, a little bit about like uh, BBB. Um, I originally became came to DFW SEM when I was uh, uh, just starting out with the uh, Dallas Better Business Bureau. I want to say like 2011, 2012. Um, and one of the big things uh, at that time, you know, was that BBB made a really good backlink, you know, for businesses. And most people were selling it kind of like for a plaque or a sticker on the door. But when I was able to show the, the digital influence that BBB would have, um, it usually gave people a new perspective of a better business bureau. Um, but I'm also here uh, with, with my personal um, LLC that I've had. It's about to be 30 years old uh, coming up called Shane Arts, which I didn't come up with that name, but um, I think a CPA did a couple years ago. And um, and during that time of working with better business bureaus, uh, I was able to work with, um, with other BBBs. There's the BBB structure is kind of uh, complicated. There's 97 different offices at this time, you know, in, in 2022 throughout North America. So I learned that the Fort Worth Better Business Bureau was a completely different office, um, you know, and everything than, than the Dallas one. And so uh, I broke off um, and with a couple other uh, sales professionals and we were known as bold which i think was a, a corporate member of fdwsem for for a couple of years um and then from there i started really understanding you know just uh not only backlinking but uh directory advertising and um you know like how to how a link could actually boost an overall brand you know not just a web page but it could also help lift social media channels and and funnels and landing pages and, and everything like that so i guess kind of coming into the current uh, uh, period. Um, from there, I was um, approached to be the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau for um, the BBB of Northeast Central Louisiana and the Arklatex. Uh, so it was kind of over three states. Um, and I quickly learned that just because you're really good at understanding digital or maybe really good at sales does not make you a really good president, <laughs> you know? So um, one of the things about being a, a president is having, you know, a lot of my opinions or uh, perspectives or things like that aren't things that you could just, you know, like openly share. And I really missed um, the uh, the opportunity to, to engage and help, you know, businesses. And at the presidential level, like they were like, hey, you know, you're actually helping all of these, you know, businesses with their with their SEO and, and everything like that. You're supposed to be doing all this other stuff. And so um, so I decided to become like a director of development for hire. Uh, for different regions of Better Business Bureau, where sometimes the they may be struggling with, you know, is is BBB relevant, you know, in this this really fast emerging digital age. Um, and so now I've got a team of people that have been working, you know, uh, with me for at least a decade, you know, uh, some sometimes more. Um, and so we've been kind of rebranding ourselves now um, under Shane Arts. But the other thing that I learned is there's, there's more trust signals, especially with, um, you know, everything that happened with the pandemic when we were in isolation, like everything you know that we did kind of was looked through the digital landscape and so it made it real easy for scammers you know to take advantage of that um and uh and also too it made you know having authentic trust signals uh really important so uh one thing that um that i always realized was was uh what a what I like to do was, um, you know, white hat SEO. I like to do the um, play the long game on the organic side. And uh, and so it became trust, truth and transparency. So I started saying, well, like, well, do you work like do you work uh, directly with the Better Business Bureau? Is it exclusive to the Better Business Bureau? And uh, so I basically started responding to that with if it has to do with trust, truth or transparency 
online, then that is kind of our space, you know. And so um, started working really closely with Yelp, uh, started really uh, working closely with like Google reviews, you know, local Google, Google guides. Um, and just looking at uh, Trustpilot, I believe that our team was the first uh, American entity to officially sign, you know, that to help people with Trustpilot. So I'm um, looking at all those trust signals, um, you know, and their their strengths as well as their weaknesses to help you know people navigate what's best for their self or their brand, you know, and who should they trust out there. So. Um, so I would say too, you know, like I, I still am a big believer in Better Business Bureau and, and the standards of trust and everything that makes that uh, there, but also too, um, also would love to talk about trust, truth, and transparency beyond the Better Business Bureau. Man, that's you've got to have a bird's eye yeah. view on just just just, <laughs> a, um, just a ton of businesses uh, and, uh, and seeing like. Uh, where things can go careening off the edge for a successful business and and the opposite where a business like is kind of just floundering and then suddenly just a few steps and 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 off to the races um exactly exactly guess, yeah i'd love to hear some uh, some stories how like applying these like you know change them well uh, so i think the uh one of the big things that i've been finding is is people will sometimes see Yelp and Better Business Bureau as as competitors, and and I don't see them that way at all. They're kind of, um, you know, they they when they you can get them to work together, kind of like something you said in an earlier um, uh, one of these where you said when sales and marketing, you know, work together, it's amazing, you know, and so um, and a lot of times they're viewed as as competitors. Um, well, I've noticed too that that. Better Business Bureau is often thought of as a nonprofit, you know, organization, kind of grassroots, uh, you know, very localized and usually no, very low or no budget. And then Yelp, on the other hand, is um, a giant for-profit publicly traded uh, company. And so usually when there's an issue and I'm looking for a particular keyword, I'm usually going to see either Better Business Bureau or Yelp on the first page of Google organically. And so uh, what I've tried to help people too, because a lot of people have really strong opinions about Yelp and really strong opinions about the, the Better Business Bureau. So I try to showcase how you, when you get those both together, it's like doing paid in organic at the same time. And then you're um, you know, then you can almost be bulletproof, you know? So one way I often do that is, uh, you know, get them as a BBB accredited business. Uh, one thing I think that's out there in the digital landscape is they'll just say, oh, cause BBB, you just get a backlink from them. You don't need to be an accredited business, you know, and it's, it's a no follow link. Um, things that I think people should look at is, Better Business Bureau reports on everyone, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so um, uh, most of the people at BBB are not an accredited business. So that's a really good way for your competition. If you've got a track record that's really good, um, you've got some great reviews, um, you've got some longevity, you know, behind you, um, go ahead and go through the process, you know, to become a BBB accredited business. Um, and then that gives you, like you get to use um, what they call the dynamic seal, which is another backlink, but it's a backlink that you can roll over over um, and it actually pushes from the domain authority um, into the website so kind of like a guest post but you get like a new you get new link juice every time a new ip address kind of interacts with it so so i see those as a lot stronger than maybe just doing you know like a guest post on a on a domain authority you know of maybe a 20 or a 30 you know by using moz's you know, dom domain authority tool. tool. Um, by getting it from there, then you can use keywords, branded keywords, structured keywords um, of what relates to your business. And then it certainly helps you rank. And then when people think, oh, they don't really, BBB is not really tech savvy, you know, like just look up someone that has a bad rating with the Better Business Bureau, <laughs> you know, like, or, or an F and see where that shows up, you know. And so a lot of those companies spend a lot of money, you know, trying to get the BBB off the first page of Google, you know, like organically, they would love for that to get buried. And so a lot of times, 
you know, that's why when people have an accreditation, you know, they have an A plus, you know, they'll put it in their Google AdWords, they'll put it in their Yelp, they'll put it in their, um, you know, social media and get that on the on the front page. Um, I was surprised too, because a lot of times, you know, uh, I think people read a blog or something like that that says like get just get the citation you know just get a listing just like yellow pages and, and that kind of stuff and so they'll put bbb on their on their uh website and what that does is that gets the bbb's attention you know uh for copyright infringement if you're using the logo because when people like look a company up and they see that a plus or a minus or or bbb accredited business they think oh you know, like that's, that's trustworthy. Um, and they're very protective, you know, of, of that part of the, the brand. And so if you just have BBB a plus, but you're not an accredited business, um, a lot of times the BBB will come after you and be like, you, you can't use that logo. You got to take that down. And then people are like, you know, like, well, who are you <laughs> to tell me to do that? You know, and then it, it gives them, depending on, you know, like the location and who's handling it. Uh, that's one of the things too, where sometimes people get a bad taste in their mouth about, about Better Business Bureau. Um, and it's not easy to become a, an accredited business. Um, a lot of times I think people think that it's easy because if you're doing the right thing, and you're you're kind of following you know like the the bbb standards of of trust then um then chances are you're probably going to be accredited but especially you know in in the digital marketing world uh there's so much gray hat stuff there's so much black hat stuff there's so many things where like the entire strategy you know is just kind of built on um on something that's that's not sustainable <laughs> you know and, and you're just like just being like, hey, how long can I uh, can I keep this going? Um, and it's kind of like uh, Google's Eat algorithm. I mean, I know you guys know that, but you know, when people when people say like, how you know how does it work? I say you know like Google's Eat. So you have to be an expert at what you do. If you're not good at what you do. Um, then chances are it's going to catch up with you. You know, like if you're buying fake reviews or you're trying to get, you know, like, um, you know, buying a, a credibility from things that nobody knows, eventually somebody's going to shine a spotlight on that. So then the authority in, in the e Google Eat algorithm, so E for expertise, A for the authority, the authority that says this person is legit or licensed or, um, you know, like someone trustworthy to do business with has to be trusted by folks. Um, and so like if that authority is maybe something like uh, Yelp, you know, there are some people that trust Yelp. You know, and then there are other people that are like, no, you know, like I've I've given my, uh, you know, my real estate agent five star reviews. Um, you know, they obviously helped me buy or sell my home. You know, like I can prove it, but their filtering algorithm took my review away, and and I can't see it. So I, therefore, I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and I don't like anything. You know that that Yelp does. You know, and then there's other folks too. Um, on the Better Business Bureau side, that if they call to complain about something at the, the Better Business Bureau and the BBB actually engages, you know, and investigates and they find, okay, well, we hear that you're complaining, but after an investigation, we found out that this really isn't a valid complaint for whatever, you know, like reason, then they think, well, then I don't trust the Better Business Bureau, you know, like anymore. And then they throw that baby out with the bathwater. So it also depends on the people that are that are um, giving the authority and giving the um, whatever it is, if it's a star rating or or letter grade or um, you know like a number, you know that people you know trust and, and rely on those. Um, and so uh, with uh, with Better Business Bureau, regardless if you're an accredited business or not, that the when you have that BBB seal, um, basically it means that you subscribe to uh, their standards of trust, which are that you will build trust, you'll advertise honestly, you'll tell the truth, you'll be transparent, you'll honor promises, you'll be responsive, you'll safeguard their privacy um, and embody integrity. So a lot of digital marketers will put up a website, but they can't get accredited because they have no privacy policy, you know, like on the on the website or they're like, 
who cares what what about that you know and so that's one of the things too that is a really big deal um especially with click funnels and, and that kind of stuff if i'm clicking on one thing thinking i'm gonna you know get an answer but then my information is sold to like 30 you know people um that's not going to help me build trust you know and so i think one of the reasons why google leads over other search engines is because they they take these sta same standards of trust um and they look into the uh like that's that's where a lot of the algorithm changes come from you know i don't think google just says hey we like changing the rules every couple of years i think a lot of times you know that happens because so many people are cheating or they're uh ethically or morally fluid you know that um that google wants to, to make it so that it's it's uh clear you know like what the answer is um one of my big takeaways from one of the recent state of searches is Google doesn't want to be a, an answer. You know, it doesn't want to be a search engine. It wants to be an answer engine. And it wants to know the answer it's giving you is, is correct. You know, and so if it finds out the answer it's giving you is, is shady or not clear, you know, uh, then they start coming up with a lot of these algorithm changes. So, I mean, if you think about, I guess it's been almost 12 years of me working with Better Business Bureau, like either as an employee or as a vendor or as a president or, or a 1099 contractor, um, I've kind of worked through several different algorithm, you know, changes, you know, uh, through Panda and Penguin and Mobilegeddon, you know, and all those things. But I've always found, I've always found that, you know, like if you're, if you're doing the right thing and you're following the standards of trust, you usually come out uh, okay or unscathed. You know, it's, it's the ones that, that are always doing something a little tricky that are like, oh, the bottom fell out, <laughs> you know, and stuff. And, and so that's when they get, that's when they get dinged. So is there like a, how much of the, uh, the, the vetting process is manual versus an automation? Is there like, is there like, uh, like they're pulling, you know, pulling uh, past reviews and like reviewing manually. I mean, so how to how do you become accredited with the Better Business yeah. Bureau? Is that yeah? So, <laughs> so um, typically, uh, like you go through the process with a human being. So that's something too that that frustrates a lot of people is they just want it to be an automated process. Um, and I would say too, a lot of people don't know that that Yelp is is pretty strict too you know like if you want to open up a profile on yelp or even google my business you know they're not just going to like just put them out there uh but bbb does a very thorough vetting you know process that goes into actually anytime that that you're in a particular industry um you can go to the bbb uh rating and you can see like a complete overview you know like for the rating and exactly how that's that's determined you know, full transparency, you can drill down into every number of what things, you know, uh, come up to be. And you could be like, oh, you know, if I applied, there's a chance that I would be an A, a minus, you know, because I haven't been in business, you know, that particular long that for for such a long time. So usually I think the first thing that that BBB checks for is complaint history with the Better Business Bureau. Um, and so because there's different offices all over the place, something that's always been kind of a thing that people do is they just you know, if they get into trouble, they just rebrand, you know, they'd just be like, okay, well, we drug that name through the mud. We'll move to another state or we'll try to figure out something, you know, something else and then come up with a, a different name. So BBB, especially for younger businesses, it lets people know like, uh, these are not shady characters, you know, like we were able to look into the, the background of the principles um, of the of the company. They're not, you know, trying to be like silent partners and and buying somebody else's, you know, reputation. So that's one of the first things, one, one of the first things that they check. The second thing is the type of business. Um, so uh, I like to use real estate as an example, because on my first day with the Better Business Bureau, I had a lot of friends that were real estate agents. And I was like, oh, you should get accredited, you know, and, and this is an interesting thing. It's kind of like, you know, not everybody wants the rank, you know, like number one on Google. <laughs> you know, some people some people don't want to have great SEO. Um, and I remember when I thought about that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess some people don't want to be right up there. And so real estate agents told me that um, they know that your average person that buys and sells a home has no idea 
the difference between the agent and the real estate broker. You know, a lot of times they're not reading all of that that stuff. They don't know where to see if this person's, you know, real estate license is valid or how yep. long they've actually been an agent, you know, but they do know um, Better Business Bureau, if, if I'm saying I'm a real estate agent, you know, and I'm servicing this particular, you know, county or state or, or whatever, that they're in compliance with what all the rules are, you know, to, to make sure that there's no, there's no issues. So they told me too, they were like, they let all the new young real estate agents spend all their money on the realtors and the Zillows and the truly is and Redfin or whatever, like the new, the new thing is. And they like to keep their BBB accreditation a secret because <laughs> they know, you know, like the average person, they'll be like, well, where do you check? You know, all they have to do is just put doubt. They were like, oh, you're working with so-and-so. I didn't realize, you know, that that they were a licensed agent, you know, and then the person pulls out their phone and then they start doing research, you know, and then they were like, well, where do I check? Um, and then, it, you know, there's a different real estate commission. Everybody's got like a name for like, um, and each state has got different rules, you know, regarding, you know, real estate. So maybe they're an expert on real estate in, in Texas, but once they cross the state line into Louisiana, there's a whole different, you know, set of rules or going into New Mexico, a whole, whole different set of rules. Um, so uh, BBB will check to make sure that you've got those licenses. And then they might want to keep that, that BBB accreditation, you know, kind of like in their back pocket, you know, something that they can, they can show once the person has, you know, had the value, they're ready to do business, but they can sense that they're not ready to pull the trigger because there's some hesitation about trust. Then they use that, you know, the, the kind of close the deal. So, and, different types of businesses. So like a food truck is going to be completely different. Um, so I help a lot in like Las Vegas, Nevada. Wait, and there's a, a freight. Food, hold on. A food truck can get accredited by the yeah. BBB? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so yeah, too, when you have a food truck, you might be like, Hey, I'm really good at barbecue, you know? Um, and so what I should do is just take the smoker on the road and, and start serving people. But that doesn't mean that I'm actually licensed to serve food. That doesn't mean that my chicken hasn't been left out in the sun or, you know, I'm not, you know, wearing gloves or, or breaking certain health, you know, code violations and that kind of stuff in order to do it. And then I've also found too, going back to the, the SEO parts of it, it's really a good thing to help um, with the restaurant industry. Like when I started, um, you know, in 2011, I didn't think people would check the Better Business Bureau, the, the you know, see where to go for lunch. But I also didn't think that people would take pictures of their food and become professional food critics and write them for Yelp and Open Table and everything like that. And so, you know, if somebody has a bad experience, you know, like um, they get a couple one star reviews on things like Open Table and Yelp, but nobody's like checking and vetting those, you know, a lot of restaurants. Uh, like I know in, in the DFW area, like Cindy's Deli has always been, you know, like a, a big uh, proponent of BBB just being like, you know, like, hey, you know, we're standing behind, you know, Better Business Bureau, these standards of trust. Uh, we want, you know, you to leave reviews. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to do the, the right thing, you know. Um, so uh, going back to the process of what goes into uh, accreditation. So they look at your time in business. Uh, something that's new, you know, is that you used to have to be in business uh, for a year or two before you could even apply. Um, and so because a lot of the times people start off in business and they think like, oh, I'm going to be. Um, well, something else, too, about me is I. Um, uh, you know, this all started as a theater company. So I worked with a lot of emotionally intelligent, like actors, you know, and people that study psychology and, and those kind of things. And so one thing I did before BBB is I ran a theater in Deep Ellum. And I, I thought, well, I want to I want to have my own space, you know, but I did not know about city politics. I did not know about parking ordinances. I did not know about you know, like what it's like to have a building in Deep Ellum, you know, and so um, there was a lot that, you know, if if I had known all of that for the first year or two, I may not have pulled the trigger and, and you know, opened that that facility. Yeah. So so looking at how long have you been in business and how long have you been consistent? I think is uh, I think is a, a big thing. Um, and I've seen that in other things too, like uh, on the Google guide process, you know, like how, how often do you leave reviews? Are they helpful? 
you know, um, how consistent, you know, are you at doing them? Do you only do them when you're in a bad mood? You know, that kind of thing. That time in business, I think, is a, uh, a really important key. Um, transparent business practices, failure, the honor commitments, licensing, government actions. The other thing, too, that I think a lot of people don't realize about BBB, and I think since we all are in digital marketing, there's a lot of advertising and marketing people say they started the Better Business Bureau, you know. So um, the origin story of BBB is because back in 1912, uh, people did not trust advertising, you know. So um, business leaders had to band together uh, basically to uh, self-regulate. Otherwise, you would have to have a creative license to make a website, you know, or to make uh, an ad in a paper or, or things. And so that's the first thing that Better Business Bureau did for decades, you know, was just say like, hey, if you see an advertisement and that business is BBB accredited, then you can trust that that advertisement. You know, that was the goal of it. The rating system, I think, started, you know, like a about 10 years ago, you know, or so, I mean, that's only a fairly recent thing that, that BBB was known for. Reviews was even less than that. Um, so, so that's the process and how you, uh, how you become accredited. I know we've got like a lot of conversation streams going on in there, you know, too. What, what should we, which tangent should we go on out of all of that? Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> so they're putting a lot of labor into like, um, into vetting, you know, like, um, Yelp and, and better business bureau, they're, they're putting labor and in, into like, um, into vetting businesses. Yeah. And then Google is turning around and looking and going, I need to find trust signals. If you're willing to open your doors to these companies and, and, the, and show like, open the open the books proverbially um mm -hmm. you know okay that's a really strong sign because if right and if you don't okay fine you're out there in an island uh, doing your own thing i'll have to look at other signals but i'm i'm gonna have bigger questions because do you have do you have secrets i don't know uh, right right you know? exactly uh, none dead from salmonella poisoning from that food truck but you know, <laughs> okay, um, i don't know <laughs> the um <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, so, and you said something that, um, at the beginning of the, uh, I'm sorry, I want to, uh, at the beginning you were talking about, um, that you, you look, people look at them as possibly competitors, yeah, like Yelp and mm -hmm. Better Business Bureau. It sounds like, you know, maybe in your consultancy, you're spending a lot of time, like, you know, trying to help people like connect and find the, find different places and tear down walls. Exactly. You know, I know, um, I don't know if that's a question or, or just go for it. <laughs> or just, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, about that. Well, I think too, I mean, uh, Yelp wants to have a good standing with Better Business Bureau, you know? Um, and so uh, Yelp does everything it can to, to, you know, like showcase that its reviews are trustworthy, um, to do a throwback to uh, to one of the DFW groups where we had Curtis Boyd come in from the transparency company that I know because he's a BBB accredited business out of, uh, out of California. Um, he was wanting to do the same thing. Like I, I, when I asked people who had more than 55 star Google reviews, you know, I'd be like, look at that. And they were, they, if there was more than 50, that seemed to be the threshold where they were like, they're fake. You know, like they would just be like, no, I, as a business owner, I get ads where I'm solicited to, to get fake reviews. Um, you know, uh, there are solicitations to write, you know, uh, negative bad reviews on my competition. And so, um, so that's why Curtis and I's paths kind of crossed. Um, oh, and I should also do a shout out to Jason Brown too, you know, with, with review fraud, another, uh, a great DFW SEM, you know, like monthly meeting where he showcased, you know, like how people would kind of spam reviews or make them so that you couldn't trust them. We want people to trust, you know, uh, reviews and for those businesses that have, you know, like 500 five-star reviews we don't want them just sitting back there and resting on their resting on their laurels you know being like okay well great like they want to keep that track record um you know going and so yelp um i think too when when he said too yelp is one of the strongest ones at vetting you know the the reviews um and so if it looks like you just left a review you know in 
in a on a Yelp page, but you've never left a Yelp review before and you don't use Yelp, you don't leave anybody else reviews, then you know, that could get Yelp to be like, well, wait a second, maybe this guy was, you know, only wrote one review for his friend and never wrote any other reviews, you know, for, for a long time. And that's not always the case, you know, and sometimes, you know, like people will say like, Hey, you know, I had such a great experience. I want to write a positive review and I will sign up for Yelp just, just so I can do it, you know? And so, um, so Yelp vets uh, reviews. And sometimes that frustrates people tremendously because they'll spend a lot of time getting those five-star reviews, you know, and then their algorithm kind of comes in you know, and checks where the IP addresses, how often do they leave reviews, and then they'll they'll keep them on there. So that's the other thing too. They say like Yelp deletes my my reviews. They'll keep them on there, but they'll put them on you know like a not recommended part. So they don't delete anything, and you can still find them. But the big value that I see in Yelp and BBB working together, you know, is um, you know using the fact that Yelp is a for-profit company, you know, that Yelp was first, you know, to get integrated into Apple Maps and and iPhones and Amazon, um, you know, in a lot of places. And even though BBB is also in those places, those are also for-profit companies, you know, and so I'm sure when Amazon is is looking at who, you know, like, are they going to talk about Yelp reviews first? Or are they going to talk about, you know, BBB reviews? A lot of times they're going to look at the, the one that's paying them more money, you know, I mean, just in, in yeah. full transparency. Um, and so, so I'll say too, you know, like for a lot of my clients, I'll say like, put inside your Yelp that you're BBB A plus accredited. And that way, if, if they're looking at reviews and you're not perfect with five-star reviews, then they know, okay, well, if I trust BBB, I see it's right there. If I trust Yelp, you know, more than I see that that's right there. And then if you're good and you're good on uh, what I call the trifecta, if your Google My Business is solid, your BBB is solid, and your Yelp is solid, then you're pretty much bulletproof. Man, that's... Um... That's a lot to take <laughs> in. I'm sitting here <laughs> no, like, sorry. okay. <laughs> All right, I'm a I'm a small business. Um, uh, I don't know. Give you've got a general process of questions, or like you go through recommendations. I don't know. It's sort of general like consulting process. Well, so I've got a team of about 20 people right now, and and we're actually kind of growing and and thriving. So I've got more Dang. people coming on. Well, the other thing too, let me talk a little bit about the the theater side because I know that that's that's weird, <laughs> you know. And yeah. so in the digital, awesome. in the in the digital domain, my first uh, theater company in 1993 was called Commedia uh, del Carte. And there's a there's an art form that you guys are probably familiar with and you don't even realize that you are called uh, Commedia dell'arte, which means the comedy of the artist. I believe the coin that the phrase was coined in the uh, Italian Renaissance uh, when they would have these stock characters that worked in the marketplace. Um, and so you've probably seen like a picture of the Harlequin, you know, like with the diamonds, or you've seen like um, the Punchinella character. If you've seen some of those like, um, you know, 20s, 30s pictures of the guy dressed all in white eating pasta and, and that kind of stuff. Those yeah. are the Commedia stock characters. And so um, they only have a few. There's only three classes of, of characters. Um, and so there is the uh, the fools, you know, like the Harlequin and the fun thing, you know, like uh, like the Harley Quinn character from Batman, you know, is kind of loosely based, you know, like on that, that character. Then there's the lovers, you know, so they have all kinds of different relevant, you know, names, uh, in most commonly there's one called like Isabella. Um, uh, the, the males will be named something like Flavio or Fabio or something. And then there's the old men, you know, so the old men are kind of like the misers. Um, they're kind of gluttonous, you know, and, and they're all just basically uh, clowns, you know, so there's three levels of clowns. Um, but marketers have been using them, you know, ever since like, 
people were coming and going in the marketplace, you know, um, to be like, how, how do I get attention to my fruit stand or how do I get attention to whatever I'm, I'm, uh, hawking my wares. And they would do that through Comedia. And so my first theater company, um, we would just roll into crowds of people, you know, and just set up the stage, um, and, uh, and then ask the audience what they wanted to see. They would tell us what they wanted to see and they would be like, well, funny, that's exactly what we do, you know, and then we would improvise a long form improv, you know, like as to be like, that's what the show was. Um, <clears throat> and so I say all of that <clears throat> because the people on my team um, are usually, um, they've got degrees in theater, they've got degrees in performance, they've studied literature, um, they're quick on their feet, they're quick at improvisation. And then I also noticed too, that Google doesn't hire like, uh, like computer scientists for a lot of their innovations and stuff. They usually hire like arts minded, you know, uh, uh, people to pioneer a lot of the new in innovations. And so um, I think one of the reasons why we're so successful is because, you know, the, if it gets to a place where you can automate a process, then we can rely on our technology and, and the breakthroughs in artificial intelligence and, and all of that. But eventually, you're going to need an emotionally intelligent human someplace in the process um, to uh, to engage, you know. And so that's that's where uh, we're really successful is that you know we we put the right people in at the right time to make an authentic, you know, human engagement. And so one of the ideas I had in the rebranding process was Comedia Diarte, you know, which is, um, there's actually a, a loose website up where um, one of my digital artist uh, friends that ran an agency uh, called the Laughing Cat Arts, she created the, the logo. And we're using those same kind of stock characters on things, you know, like, Google or social media functions to actually engage. And there's still, even though these, these platforms may be new, the way to get, you know, like attention still goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And so, um, and also too, when you look at the word comedia, it's actually com like dot com and then media. So when I had the domain commedia.org, everybody was after that <laughs> domain for a really, really long time. Uh, but by using, um, using uh, artists um, and, and actors and people that are engaging, um, I think that that's one of the things too that, that really help us in the process. So going through the question, um, you know, like what, what does the process look like? So we identify, you know, um, somebody that may be having a difficult time. So once again, I'll use a, a, a BBB example. So if somebody's getting looked up a lot at the Better Business Bureau, and we have a report on them, or the BBB has a report on them, and it looks like you know we're showcasing that they're an A plus. We've checked out some stuff; they're just not an accredited business. Then we'll reach out and try to set up a time with them when we can actually screen share and say like, "Hey." This is what, let's go through the customer journey, like your customer journey specific to wherever county or state or local, you know, place that you're in. And this is what we see, you know, and then we show them all the trust signals, you know, we show them like, well, look, you know, Yelp is on top of realtor.com in some places, you know, for, for real estate, you know, and, and they're like, oh yeah, Yelp's for restaurants, you know, and I'll be like, but is it, <laughs> you know, let's. <laughs> Let's look a little bit closer. Let's actually do yeah. a real search live, you know, and then when we take them through the live search and they're just like, oh, wow, you know, look at all of this stuff. Instead of like just looking at an analytics page or looking at the, um, you know, like the report, you know, like what what's actually going through the, the process. And when they see that, you know, usually, you know, we help them with, you know, if, if they want to go through the application process, that transparency and, and authenticity and bluntness gets them to a place where they're like, you know, like, okay, you know, um, and BB accreditation. I think one of the, the, the things that is so hard about that is it's so affordable that I think that people really don't see the value, you know, in it. They're like, wait a second, I'm spending a thousand dollars a day on pay-per-click, you know, and you're telling me that, that uh, BBB accreditation is like a dollar or $2 a day, you know, that, 
that doesn't seem right, you know, and especially and you're going to get all of this, you know, stuff with it. Same kind of thing with Yelp. I think if if you are using Yelp properly, um, it is very affordable. I think I think a lot of people try to do Yelp on their own without reading all of the stuff or, or going through, you know, like the the courses and, and reading, you know, like the the things that they give you, um, and then suddenly they're upset, you know, because their cards getting charged. Same thing too, Kevin. I know you're in in paid search. You probably talk to people that are like, I can do this, you know, and um, and then after they their cards are maxed out, they're like, maybe I should take a class or <laughs> or learn how to do it or or get somebody that knows. Um, yep. I'm usually talking to people that are that are on the uh, trying to recover. Um, the uh, it's just too expensive. I, you know, I could do it, but uh, but this uh, it's just too much right now. Um, but I but I find so many times uh, that people try to like they'll look at paid as a as a jump start. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not. It's the exact opposite. Right. It's the last step. It's OK. We've we've nailed down all of the business steps. We've got our process down. We've got uh, we've got our, our organic and our, our local going right. Um, and then you put on paid. Great. It works wonderful together. You, you try to cut all of that out and just get right into the paid. It's like you're going to pay for it one way or the other. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh it's an expensive lesson. Yeah, yeah. And and just kind of like um, you know, with Yelp, once they've spent so much money, they think it's all like that. The other thing too is either they they're humble and they realize they messed up, you know, and they need your help or they're like, "Nope, it's all crap." <laughs> you know, it's yeah. all yep. uh and and then they don't trust it at all. And so once again, too, I think that's that's why uh we as digital marketers, you know, have to make sure that we're always doing everything to make sure our trust signals are always in place and, and on point. That's yeah. why I rely on people like you, the two of you to <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I I can't do anything for a for a bad website and a bad business. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff too. The other thing uh, my team is is developing is, um, is something called Green Check, uh, which I think is is looks at just all the trust signals as well as you know many more. If you go to Green Check AI, um, we've basically taken um, all of of the trust signals or trust monitors, you know, and kind of put them all in one place, you know. So if you're looking for, you know, like my domain authority, is my SSL certificate coming up for renewal, you know, is is my domain, you know, protected, um, any of that information, um, that's all uh, that that can all be in one place, and you can just check it out for free. Um, or there's also, especially if, if, you know, you've got a digital agency or multiple uh, websites, one thing, you know, when the SSL certificate started expiring, there was a, uh, a law firm, you know, that was like, um, they reached out to their digital agency and they said like, oh yeah, they know they're, they're fixing it. Well, they fixed it on their primary site, but they forgot about the 18, uh, landing pages and funnels that were all out there with different, you know, different domains and stuff. And so oh, these no. tools are really good at being able to, um, uh, you know, like see everything that's coming up all in one place. You don't have to log into different portals and check everything out. Um, and we're working too, so that you can see everything from, you know, like things like your Facebook and your Yelp and your BBB, you know, get that all in, in the same place as well. Um, but there's a lot of aspects that go into, uh, go into trust signals. One thing too, that I think gets overlooked a lot is spelling and grammar. <laughs> Um, uh, I've seen I've seen scammers scammers can make a WordPress site you know in a matter of seconds there there was one that showed me like on the phone you know just being like well this is how we do it this is how fast we can spin up a website and how fast you can take one down and you guys probably know like if if I'm not really paying attention to the details 
you guys can probably do it really fast, you know? And so uh, scammers have AI generating the content, you know, they can get a similar domain name and have a website, you know, spun up in, in seconds. And then they could also make it all go away, you know, like Thanos, you know, just, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, so then too, when people are like, oh, I fell for the scam, like where was that website? You know, then, then it's gone. So that's why too, um, when you look into the spelling and people don't realize that there's a spelling or grammatical error, you know, like out there, um, especially too, you know, like when you're, when you're using, when you're using it in SEO, if you're going really, really fast, that's something that most people are like, Oh, that's spelling. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. But I've found, I've helped a lot of people <laughs> where um, they weren't ranking and that kind of stuff just because of spelling mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've worked with some bigger multi-million dollar companies and you'd be surprised people will buy domain names, throw up a site, blast a scraped email list, send them all there, scam them out of money and then forward the domain to the right website. Ah, So it looks like nothing happened and the original, the good site is the one scamming when the good site had nothing to do with what was going on. Right, right, exactly. For the security team can figure out that that new domain's been purchased, everything's already happened. Mm -hmm. So it it can, scammers and bad people are getting way better at their jobs. So so the trust signals really helps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I learned too, you know, um, during the, the, what they call the great resignation, you know, a lot of people said, you know, like, forget it, I'm quitting, you know, and then when they went to go back to to find jobs, um, you know, they, they were filling out all their sensitive information and third party websites, you know, and, and just giving away, you know, like everything about their, their identity. And so I talked to business owners that are like, well, I can't find good people, you know? And then I talked to a lot of people that were like, I can't get jobs. Like somebody stole, you know, uh, stole my identity. And so, uh, I'd never seen that happen so much as it did, you know, like during the, I'd say in the last 12 months, Wow, I mean, I, I knew we we're in a a lot of a uh, lot of scams going on, and uh, but I didn't even think about all the people trying to get employment. You just go fill out every form you can, yeah. And uh, oops, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. So how do how does your uh, so you you um a lot of visual arts and like uh, being able to read the crowd, your team like um. He's got all kinds of experience. Is this like, how does this play in? Is this like, just like how, uh, like learning how to present to uh, present information differently uh, or, or better or just. Oh, I think, I think it's, it's kind of just a new digital uh, platform, you know? So one of the things too, in 2000, so I ran a theater in Deep Ellum up into 2010 In 2010, one of the things that, that got me to be like, I need to look at what's next is, if you can imagine how different the world is, <laughs> you know, in 2010, um, we were doing a show. Um, it was a couple years before. I want to say it was like 2000, uh, maybe uh, five or six. There's a show written by uh, a show written by Mindy Kaling from The Office called Matt and Ben. Um, and it was like, what would happen if Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were women or uh, when they got the idea to write Goodwill Hunting. And so um, so we were doing that at our theater and I was, you know, advertising, you know, we, we had reviews, critics coming from the Morning News and the Star-Telegram and the Dallas Observer. Um, and uh, and that show sold out all the time. And, and the office was still like, Mindy Kaling was still really up and coming. She wasn't the, the uh, superstar that she is now. But um, I realized that we were selling out every night because of Facebook. I'm not Facebook, uh, MySpace. So Facebook was just starting to, to come onto the scene. It was still kind of in a college thing. But um, that old school MySpace thing with people authentically engaging and being like, oh my goodness, like you've got to, you've got to come see this, you know? And, um, 
instead of just running it in a, in a blanket ad, they had ads, you know, they were able to go see the, you know, everything in the, the, and the observer for anybody listening outside of, of DFW, those are like the, the big magazines, you know, like around, around town. Um, so they could see that and they could, you know, share that information. But uh, we were using kind of like uh, the the onset of social media. And then by the time Facebook really started grabbing hold in 2010, I realized that everybody, you know, was about to have a theater. They were all about to have like their own stage, their own microphone, um, their own TV station, you know. Um, and so it was going to be a lot harder to get a group of people to come see like, you know, something that didn't have a superstar in it, you know, or support, you know, like uh, a play or, or those kind of things. So then I started really paying attention to, uh, to things like on social media. And then that's when I realized it's all the same thing. You know, it's all, um, you know, like, it's like, are we following, you know, this person uh, because they're attractive? Is it sexy? You know, are we following them because they seem like they're experienced and they're, they're, um, you know, a thought leader? Are we going to sign up for this course, you know, by this person that did this thing? You know, there's a lot of people out there that have courses that, that haven't done anything, <laughs> you know, like they're oh. just like, you should take my course, you know, and, and, you know, like, why you know like what what are your credentials you know that be offering the you know offering an, an online course i literally saw a tiktok course uh-huh and i looked up the company on tiktok they had 45 followers the <laughs> images that they shot of the person he had one video go viral and it had nothing to do with his business. It got 1.5 million views. He gained 138,000 followers on TikTok from it. But even his videos after that, nothing broke a thousand views. And I'm like, you can break a thousand views with like a hundred followers. So you're 138, 139,000. You didn't prove anything to me. Why am I going to pay for your course? <laughs> right. There right. are courses like, that are are really selling themselves as we're going to teach you how to make your own business. And then they're going to basically package it. So now you've got all these people that are paying money and now they're going out. They haven't gone through all the, the learning experiences, but they've gotten mm -hmm. done with the class. And um, yeah, um, buyer beware. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a and yeah. I, that, that is such a that's a, a, a proliferation of of uh, of problems. I mean, how do how do you? I mean, I don't know. There's too many to even talk about. <laughs> that, <way. laughs> that may we may have to do another one just just on that. Yeah. You know, just on on online courses. Um, I did want to I did want to mention um, you know Trustpilot a little bit. I don't think we talked to, enough about them. Uh, so. So Trustpilot is kind of, uh, that's the review side over from Europe. Um, I They first hit my radar through TripAdvisor because people outside the United States, you know, um, uh, know about Trustpilot reviews, but it's been kind of a, a recent thing with them coming to the to USA, maybe in the last, I think they've always been around in certain industries, but now they're starting to come around, you know, uh, piggybacking on on most of the primary things that we look at reviews for, like, uh, like Yelp. Um, but because they've been in multiple countries and they've been around, you know, uh, a lot longer, I think they've got a lot of, of things to offer. And, um, Unlike things like the Better Business Bureau that has 97 different, you know, like offices or, or Yelp that, you know, is uh, a little bit um, like they've got a headquarters in San Francisco and a, and a call center in, in Scottsdale and a, and a couple other places. Uh, but Trustpilot is actually very small and efficient, you know, like they've got a, they've got a New York office. Um, and they really work with, you know, like people kind of like what Google does with their Google guide system and that kind of stuff, um, you know, getting people to to be supportive of it, of it. And I think their their interfaces are really good, too. So um, don't be surprised if you see a lot more trust pilot, you know, like on the first page of Google for a lot more um, industries rather than just travel and, and hospitality, which is where I think you see them now, especially on the international side. I don't even know. Can you tell us about 
I don't know anything about Trust Pilot. I mean, I've heard it, heard the name dropped a few times, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so yeah, so Trust Pilot. Um, so I believe they're publicly traded on the London Stock Exchange. So they're probably closer to like a Yelp than a BBB, but I think they're kind of a little bit of both. And so they're throughout other parts of the world. And I think uh, one of the reasons why they just pretty much weren't you know, starting so much on the, the U.S. side is because, you know, U.S. had uh, Yelp and BBB and so many other, you know, different uh, review sites. I mean, there was, uh, I can probably go through a list, you know, of, of um, all the different ones. Um, and there's a lot of them that, uh, you know, like there's Nextdoor, uh, which depending on what neighborhood you're in could be really good. You know, I've also seen next door be really bad. You know, there, there are some places where I said, Hey, you know, this is, these are people in my neighborhood that are organically, you know, like getting the post and, and like things, you know, but then I've also seen it be nosy and violate people's privacy and break all those, you know, trust, you know, standards that we talked about in the, in the, um, in the beginning. So uh, trust pilot, um, I think is uh, is kind of been there, and I think on a previous thing too, we were talking about how a lot of chat was, you know, came to us from from overseas. You know, a lot of influences on that. Uh, Trustpilot because of its streamlined um, uh, um, its streamlined interface, I think has a lot of advantages. You know, over Yelp and BBB. I think too, they may even, according to Moz, have a higher domain authority. I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh -oh. I think. Uh, Casey, we just pilots at 92. Yeah, trust okay, pilots at 92. Yeah, Yelp is then, at 93, and BBB is at 91. All right. So yeah, they're all three right in the in the the yeah. 90s. So well, cool. Man, like TripAdvisor's at 94. Oh yeah. Well, TripAdvisor too, but TripAdvisor kind of like uh, Zillow and Realtor, it's very specific, you know, like yeah. about the industries. So these other ones, they they are like when people say like, oh, BBB, they, they report on contractors. I was like, you know, like almost any business interaction where you think where trust is a, is a factor, you know, uh, BBB has got a place in there. And then um, it's been over 10 years that Yelp has also been there too. I mean, I think, I think Yelp uh, took the lead in the home services industry, um, you know, 10 years ago, like they were getting plumbers and, and um, uh, air conditioning contractors and, and everything like that. Um, and now too, I just pulled up Trustpilot and they've got banks and, and jewelry stores and pet stores and um insurance and real estate agents and all that kind of stuff in there too but yeah no matter what yeah. uh what business one thing one thing i that changed my life is i realized that everybody is in everybody's in sales you know uh the people that say that they're they're not are just really good at sales <laughs> convincing <laughs> you that they're they're not in sales um but every interaction you know before before a sale is made, you know, we have the trust has to be there, you know. And so I think too, when we're when we're trying to figure out how to scale, when we're looking at the innovations and in technology, um, you know, we always have to lead with trust, truth, and transparency. Um, you know, because if if we're scaling, when you were talking about things that go off the rails, a lot of times too, you know, like if it's about well, let me say this. This this is something too that that I often say a lot. Um is that better means something different to everybody. You know, for a lot of people, when I say better, you know, they want easier, you know, they want more automation, you know, they want, um, they, they want less hands-on. They don't want to get caught in the weeds, you know, and then for other folks too, better means, you know, that they, um, even if they're already at their best, they still want to innovate. They still want to be able to control. They still want to keep you know, uh, mistakes from happening or, um, you know, issues with, with quality assurance. Um, and so, so depending on where you put, where your needle's pointing on the better side, you know, we're either getting better, you know, or we're not, you know, so uh, you just need to make sure that usually if you're leading with trust, truth, and transparency, you're moving in the right direction. Well said. Yeah, um, very well said. 
And I'm, okay, so before we started this, I've really got to, uh, I want to hear more about this. Um, like QR codes of, are heavily used by the blind, you said. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to hear about this. We, we were pre-showing and talking and all of a sudden stuff started coming up and I'm like, should I just hit the start stream? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another another thing too i've worked a lot in the in the blind and visually impaired you know space too and i didn't mean to you know like uh uh use that for digital and and um digital marketing uh but usually a lot of breakthroughs that i had in digital marketing were because i mean so many people um you know are are that you don't have to be completely blind. You may just be visually impaired or low vision, you know. And and I was thinking one time when we were at State of Search, you know, I was looking at how many people were wearing glasses, you know, <laughs> you know, like just just right now, you know, like Kevin's wearing glasses. Um, that's one out of three, you know. And I don't know, I don't know if if Casey's got perfect vision. Um, but when you're navigating the internet, it's almost we almost always take for granted that it's it's geared towards sighted uh, sighted people, you know, with good vision. And if they don't have good vision, then they're wearing glasses or contacts or making you know like uh, corrections for it. Um, but machine learning and when Google was was crawling things. Um, by thinking about folks that may be blind first, uh, that also helped uh, SEO rank, you know. So when Google was crawling to find the right answer, you know, for something, uh, I think I mentioned too in the, in the pre-show, one of my biggest takeaways from one of the earlier state of search, you know, which is coming up too, get a, get a shout out for <laughs> state of search. Um, but one of the state of search things was Google doesn't want to be a search engine. It wants to be an answer engine. And so um, my wife and I are really into horses. And so I had, I got a, a new horse, but they all thought that was a dog because I didn't clarify in the image or in the captions or anything like that, you know, that, that it was a horse. I, I named my pet's name. Uh, which I won't put in here. It's not my password or, or anything like that. But um, <laughs> uh, they all thought they all thought that it was a uh, uh, a dog, you know. And then I started realizing, okay, anytime I did a social media post, anytime I did a, a website post or something like that, I thought about them, you know, first before I thought about like the average, you know, sighted person, because uh, there had digital marketers that would use codes and all kinds of stuff that would keep things easier for them operationally on the back end. But it didn't always necessarily like help them rank or or help the right, you know, um, images or headers and that kind of stuff come up. And then so then I just got really good at SEO because that's the way that Google was reading, you know, everything. It was it was looking at, you know, it didn't care about the the images or, or that kind of stuff. It was looking at the organization, you know, the structured data, and um, was I spelling things correctly and articulately for somebody that didn't have eyes to kind of fill in the fill in the blanks. And then going back to QR codes, um, the blind uh, often use the white cane, as you might have seen, and so they had uh, technology too, where their white cane can actually pick up on uh, technology. So, um, so a lot of times, if you're navigating a space like an airport or something, you know, they relied on either QR codes or um, you know, like little things that would emit stuff like to our phones, like the little contact when you put the, the two phones together. So it would let them know this is a men's room or this is a woman's room or, you know, at the airport, this is terminal A, you know, and so they would get information in through that. And I think as we move away from the internet of just websites and more move more into the internet of things, uh, you know, like the, the URL being something that could be read and scanned, um, you know, it's probably going to become, you know, more of a thing. And I think we had a little bit of a dip. Um, you know, we thought, oh, they're, it's going to be the latest thing. We're going to need it. Uh, but there was, there, the timing wasn't right with technology, you know, like we had to have an app on our phones, you know, and stuff. And I remember uh, another thing that the actors do, you know, too, when we're not calling and doing all that stuff as we do, you know, like interactive murder mysteries. And uh, 
I, I made using QR codes, I made them part of the clues for the interactive murder mysteries. So it used to be, you know, you, you would start a, a theater production by saying no photography, you know, um, or, uh, or, you know, don't distract, you know, like the performance to take selfies and stuff like that. And then we embrace that as part of the culture, you know, and so That's now, brilliant. <laughs> so now when it we're really doing is. a show, we're like, get your phones out, you know? And so then we got them hashtagging and, and I've got uh, QR codes on the different clues and they get to play their own little CSI montage, you know, like whenever they're, they're trying to figure it out. So that's, that's cool. Awesome. I would have never well, thought of using like that. Man, that's God. <laughs> I hated <laughs> on those because they would just be they would be championed by people. They we're gonna yeah. do a whole big promotion. What are we gonna do? We're gonna do a QR code. Like, <laughs> hold on, that's it. We're gonna the QR code is gonna. That's what I'm supposed to. Be, uh, and it was you know, too many times like. I just started hating, and I think there's a whole, like a lot of people that have that. Um, yeah, until over hype. Uh, <laughs> yeah, too early. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, well, cool. You know. So before we wrap this up, we've been asking everybody. So, what's their favorite podcast to listen to? If you're a podcast listener. Oh man, um, so one that I do just kind of. Um, out of out of habit is uh, is if you guys know who Darren Hardy is, uh, so he uh, he used to be the editor of Success Magazine, and so in addition to being a, a digital marketer, I'm also a, a serial entrepreneur, um, and uh, and so his his are usually really short. Um, there are, I would say that like on average five minutes, sometimes they go a little bit, a little bit longer, but you can get a bunch of them in a, in a row. Um, and he, he's got a thing too, that you can subscribe to that. That's just Darren daily. So if you start your day, um, it kind of gives you like just different things that you can be better. He, he's a leader in the hashtag of better every day, you know, so that when I was saying too, that we do a lot of things beyond, you know, better business bureau. When I started doing better every day, that was part of uh, some of the stuff that he does. I really, really like his. Um, and then a lot of the other ones, you know, uh, too, um, I mean, they're, they're kind of like usually project specific. So, uh, I would say if I got to pick one, I would say like, look up, look up Darren Hardy. Um, and he's got a couple different series depending on, you know, what it is that you're going to, but every digital marketer that marketer that I've turned them on to, you know, has, has found it useful. Yeah, I like awesome. the idea of having a series and What about of a favorite book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I've got so like I'm looking up right above my webcam and I've got like uh, a whole bunch of bookshelves. There's just so, so many. Um, yeah. Uh, so right now, one of the things that, that I'm really looking at is called the speed of trust. Um, and so it's something that I've read a couple times, uh, but it is it is something, too, that isn't specific to the to digital marketing, but just talks about how important it is in every business transaction. So I would have to say too, you know, with everything that I do, um, it usually comes back to that. I think, I think it's my third time listening to it, you know, on, the, um, on audible. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Awesome. Well, I say let's end it there. It was awesome having you on. I learned a lot. I'm, there's some stuff I've got to get implemented on some of my <laughs> clients now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, oh, Tim. Cool. Appreciate it. No worries. Good to see you guys. Talk to you soon.